Welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony here at the Broward Sheriff's Office. Once again, we're excited to bring on another very special guest from our community. As many of you all know who've been following us, I've tried to work within the organization, present all the different opportunities and personnel and our staff here at BSO. But it's also important for us to reach out and tap into and communicate and expose the talents that we have here in Broward County. Uh, and so today, we are honored we have uh, Mr. Alton Bolton of the, the Piney Grove Boys Academy. Uh, I have to say, was one of the uh, early gentlemen uh, that I had a chance to meet when I was appointed in the office back in 2019. He was very welcoming. Uh, he, his mother, and his family afforded me an opportunity to come in and examine what they were doing for Broward County and so many of the young uh, black men and young ladies in this community. And so just let me give you a little background about Piney Grove Boys Academy, uh, outstanding establishment here, been founded back in 2013. The mission that they have installed is to provide uh, a harmonious and educational environment that enhances the physical, mental, and spiritual talents of the students for a successful transition from childhood to adulthood. You can't summarize it any better than that. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts behind that and to ensure that they're having success. But what I'd like to do uh, is take a moment before we go into some of the commentary and allow Mr. Bolden to introduce him, Mr. Bolden to introduce himself and talk about how he is running his organization, some of the things that they do, and why it is so vital for not just uh, the youth in this community, but for the transition of that particular youth to be successful in life. So without further ado, sir, the mic is yours. Thank you uh, for having me. Thank you for allowing me this time to uh, speak. Uh, so a little bit about what we do. Uh, the school itself, when it was originally founded, it was uh, for boys only. It was an all-boys school because at the time we were trying to make a big impact in the community where the boys were uh, graduating the least. They were the least to graduate, the least to stay in the school, and the ones always being put out. So at that particular time, um, we said, let's start a boys school. But now since uh, we've been started since 13, we're now um, about what, seven, eight years into the game going on uh, nine, where we've also included girls. So now we have girls K through five, and we'll be adding the girls uh, component every year. So next year will be K through six. Uh, again, we're trying to make a a footprint in the community by doing little things. Uh, we see we are needed uh, based off of the video that's been uh, going viral with Cam and the young man. Um, you know, there have been different views and we've even made a discussion topic out of it as well, just to kind of bring full circle how you address adults. It doesn't matter if they're a celebrity, it doesn't matter if they're homeless. You know, you treat people with respect, you get respect in return. So we see the need for schools like this, uh, we see the need for more adults to be involved. So we definitely are still doing things in the community, still doing things with kids. Uh, since COVID, we have, uh, we started day one. We did not uh, start remotely. We had some kids stay home, but uh, fortunately we've been blessed to not have an outbreak, not have anyone uh, get sick or ill with the virus here uh, at the campus. So we've been fortunate and uh, a lot of it is contributed to having small size as well as 
putting different things in place to keep everybody safe. We've had a couple of your officers even come out and walk, do a walkthrough to say, hey, this is good that you maybe need to change this. And we appreciate that. Um, Captain Isaac and Josepha Benjamin have been out to the school. Uh, so they're board members as well. But, you know, we ask them, hey, we want a second eye just to see where we can make changes, where we can keep everybody safe. And we put some uh, different things in place due to their visit. So we, we welcome uh, anyone to come out and visit, law enforcement especially, because uh, we try to be not only a partner in the community, but we want to be a part of the change agent. So we've been working with you all as well as the FBI. That, that's a great overview to the public about what's going on, what you all are engaging uh, in terms of the community. You know, one of the things I always kind of want to expand on when we have our guests is the why. What's the driving force that had you, your family, invest into what most would call the inner city, right? Snatching it up. What was driving you to create this platform and, and continue it on within your family? Uh, well, this this has been something I've been passionate about for a while. When I, I worked for the public school for about 16, 17 years before I started working here. And even in the public school, I had after school programs that were only boys. And we would make up a kickball team where we would make up a, a flag football team in order to keep the kids out of the streets or keep them from being uh, in trouble. So with the school, putting this type of platform together, it gives us a bigger audience. Uh, we can target our audience and keep everybody kind of focused or control the narrative. A lot of our students are coming from single family homes. And one of the biggest reasons we started is because we saw a lack of leadership in the home lack of role models, just anybody positive that they can touch. Most of the people the kids look up to are on TV. So we wanted to kind of bring it a little closer so we could have more leaders or at least more men stay in the home. And that's what we saw uh, would make we would make the biggest impact. You know, you have a tremendous amount of experience in the educational world, right? Across from public schools, et cetera. What, what do you see being the biggest difference between uh, what you do at the academy versus private and public schools, uh, is there any difference? I, I see a big difference in politics. Uh, politics controls a lot of what happens in the public school. Uh, private school means run by few. So you, you're not trying to please everybody. You don't have a lot of people uh, disputing everything you do or you're a lot of, you don't have as much red tape. You know, I appreciate the fact that we're able to pray in school every day. We encourage kids to pray. We we, we enforce our uniforms where kids have to have a haircut. They must wear shirt, tie, belt. You have to pull your pants up. In the public school, they give the kids a lot of freedom and you know parents can sign a waiver and they can come to school and whatever they want. So we try to instill discipline in them in a sense of if you can come to school every day for eight hours and keep the uniform on and, and follow these rules we have in place, you'll be successful in somebody's job. And these are the kind of things that uh, make the make it a difference in public school and private. It's not, it's, it's a lot of discipline and not just by punishment, but you have to follow certain rules where those rules can't be enforced in different sectors. That, that's a, a marvelous way to kind of give people the overall picture of what the differences are. Cause I think oftentimes the community don't know how private school versus public school 
uh, in certain academia settings are very different in how politics. It was interesting. You started with the politics of it. Uh, I didn't know how much politics was involved in my job until I got here. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of it. You know, one of the things that impressed me the most uh, when I had a chance to visit the academy and spend time with not only just uh, your students, but with your staff, was to see such an overwhelming dominance of highly educated, strong African-American men in presence that were modeling and, and producing um, positive imagery uh, for young folks, especially for us, people of color. Uh, myself, I grew up in the inner cities. My father left us very early. There was very little positive figures. Uh, and I think back and reflect on my own life, I think there would have been uh, some benefit to have that there. And so talk about that. Like, how does that play into what you are building? Because you're building men. Um, it's funny you would say that because I, I look around and even today I have, I counted the guys that are on campus today and we had a total of seven men on campus today. And I said, I've worked at elementary schools, high schools where we had, gee, at least 150 teachers, um, two elementary schools, one middle school. I was at McNichol, I've been at Dillard High, uh, Larkdale Elementary, Broadview Elementary, Castle Hill Elementary. Out of all of those schools, right now, I've never had seven men or more on a campus. And I'm saying that we have only about, what we have, nine teachers, but we have seven men. And I'm not even counting the church staff. I'm counting just the school staff. So to have that many men walking around and be present, it makes a difference because the respect level for men and women, children don't give the same respect they give to the female teachers that they do to the males. So it helps kind of buffer the discipline piece to have somebody enforce it. And then they have somebody to look up to. They have somebody they can model after. So, you know, that's a need because a lot of them don't know how to speak to adults. They don't know how to address women. They don't know how to be uh, members of the community. So all of these different aspects we kind of cover in the program like now. I have about six or seven kids on and we have a program called FBI. It stands for Fathers Being Involved. So it, it's none of their fathers, but when you come on and you volunteer, you become a father. And that's what we've been doing for the last, I'll say five years. And actually BSO is one of our sponsors. So Absolutely. we appreciate you all for sponsoring that program because it's a need. These kids give up their afternoon in order to stay on an hour, two hours to for, through Zoom now, it's to have a conversation. Normally we will have field trips and do things of that such, but COVID kind of has put a, a damper on that. But right well, now, just this conversation here, they were excited to come on. They were like, when is it gonna be? And I sent them the link and they came right on. So I, I see them. Hey, thank, you, thank you all for uh, linking in today. We're gonna chat a little bit in a moment. But, you know, look, and, and you know how I feel about what you are doing in your organization and how you're impacting the youth. And I can tell you as a sheriff, we'll, we'll most certainly continue to support your endeavors there. Uh, we need more like it. Uh, and that's part of some of the ambitions I've had uh, for this agency to expand these type of opportunities. You know, in 2020, uh, you already alluded to it, but you had branched out and opened this thing up for young young ladies, uh, young girls, getting them included in this. What was What was the driving force behind that? What made you say, for all the great work we're doing with our young men, it's time to extend this type of support network to the young girls out there. So anything successful, you have to evolve. You have to change. 
you can't stay doing the same thing. And as we noticed our boys, that that gap between boys and girls, we got to, we were able to see it get closer and closer in the sense of our boys are being more successful. They're being uh, good products from our community. They're uh, giving back to the community. And we started to see the girls start to slide in the sense of becoming more aggressive and even taking on uh, male roles from male jobs to being the aggressor in relationships to being women being the head of the household. So we kind of want to uh, address that issue as well and give them some sense of stability as well as the discipline because if you look at the news, if you go into the public schools, if you watch what's going on, you see the same thing the boys were doing, the girls are now doing. Right. So he said, there's no reason to, uh, I guess, just focus on the boys. Let's also focus on the girls and do the same job since we have a blueprint now. Well, look, I think that's a, a very noble, needed transition, you know, for somebody to also pick it up and with the amount of expertise and you, you've got to been through it already. You understand what shortcomings may exist how to modify your own program and make it suitable for our young girls out there. You know, here we are, right? We're, we're two, two black men in leadership roles and capacities here in the county, reaching out, touching our youth. Uh, you know, it's Black History Month, and I'm curious, you know, who were some of the trailblazers and role models that, you know, you tapped into and were looking up to, whether it be local, whether it be national, whether it be a pastor or minister, whatever it may have been, uh, share some of that with us. Sure. Um one of the people that um, I didn't really have a choice to look up to, but my parents, they were both principals. Uh, my dad was an administrator at Dillard and my mom was out at Western and then she became an area director. And I, I noticed how, you know, they both would eagerly help people without being asked, without any money, money being donated. They just had this helping spirit. So, I kind of picked up a lot of that from both of them and I watched how they move. And I said, you know, you like to, I, I tend to pay attention to people who are successful, um, especially those that I can get more and more information from. I'm a, I'm one of those people, you give a task and I'm going to do it and then I'm going to do it again and I'm going to perfect it so that I can teach somebody else how to do it. And listening to uh, them at work, having them take me to work, uh, my dad showing me how to dress, how to deal with tense situations. That was the best tool or best resource I could have growing up. I, I was able to experience it firsthand and get firsthand information. I didn't have to read a book. I didn't have to go and look something up on the internet because it was always there. And they're still here today, uh, helping, pitching in, volunteering for free. So it pushes me to continue to give back to kids, give my time and show people that you don't have to be uh, a football player or a basketball player to be successful. And that was what uh, the message I got from both of my parents. Uh, other than that, someone who I, I often wanted to be, I always wanted to race. I, I like Michael Johnson. I liked his, um, I liked his work ethic. I like how he did a lot of things. You have a pair of golden shoes, golden like, shoes him. like him? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not, a, I'm not an Omega, so no, I don't have any golden shoes like him. But um, we, we were into athletes. Uh, everybody knew about the Martin Luther Kings and the Malcolm X's. And those people, you know, I, I looked at how, you know, they were targeted uh, by for having so much power. So 
you know, I, I'd look at, I'd like to peel onion, like peel back layers, like look like an onion. So I want to see exactly how they got their start, what caused certain people to not like them, and how could I kind of keep that. Uh, I, I like Shaq a lot. Shaq has a really good vibe, a good presence when he enters the room. And I always wanted to try and emulate that. I want to walk in the room and everybody smiles. And I, I tell you what, I got a little connection with, with Shaq. So we're going we're gonna to get him over to you. Uh, and I'll make the intro. And you're right. You're right about the energy that he brings into a room. You're also right about some other things that you were talking about when it comes to, you know, I share that kind of, uh, I had our civil rights leaders, the, you know, the common and more popular name folks, you know, the Dr. King, et cetera, where I examined them, looked at them, but I, I grew up in the athletic world. So, so much of, you know, I grew up boxing as a kid, wrestling, football, baseball. I used to look at the athletes um, for their skill trait, their, their, how good were they at football? How good were they at, at baseball? But as I grew older, I started looking and recognizing what other contributions they were making to society. <clears throat> I fell in love with the likes of what Muhammad Ali stood for outside of the ring. I fell in love with the likes of, uh, you know, Jesse Owens did on the track, but also what he stood for in, in, a, in a more global sense. So it's interesting that we share those commonalities where uh, I think in today's society, we need more individuals of influence to be willing to take on that responsibility to say, I'm bigger than just a basketball hoop. I'm bigger than just a baseball field. Uh, one of the things I've said uh, frequently talking to my staff is that, you know, my messaging haven't changed over the years. I've been a sheriff for, you know, two years now, but my messaging has never changed. The difference is the microphone that I have. I have a greater reach. I have a louder voice. And so with that comes a responsibility to make sure you're actually on track and impacting people's lives in a, in a positive manner. You know, I, I'm delighted that you came and, and took some time uh, to share some perspective and talk about some of the things your organization is doing. Uh, you know, the next thing I would challenge you with or, or kind of pose is, hey, where, where are we headed, right? Where do you see Piney Grove over the next you know, three to five years, um, you know, we, we just went into a national transition period with a new president. We're in a new uh, transition period here in the county with uh, a black sheriff, a black public defender, uh, a black state attorney, a black supervisor of elections. I can go on and on. Uh, how can we help your mission uh, as these officials in holding these roles? I would say exposure to uh, the youth because, again, they don't have that reach that you have that I have so to see someone famous or to see someone whose name is on the building uh those things mean a lot because they realize hey I can do that too this is why having them talk to you or talk to someone who's a doctor a dentist a pilot to say hey you don't have to be the next LeBron or the next Michael you can still be successful make a good living and give back to your community as well as be respected. And that's what most boys want. So to see a sheriff, to see a district attorney, to see uh, mayors and, and different positions of power and public, <clears throat> public service, this is good for them because you impact somebody else and influence somebody else to be become one of these things. I talk to my parents all the time about our kids can be pilots. We have a pilot program. But because my parents don't fly, 
my kids are afraid to fly as well. So being coming a pilot is a far distant memory. I don't want to do that. That's not right. uh, popular, but a pilot <clears throat> is if you're a private pilot flying jets, you can make one hundred eighty thousand dollars a year doing that. And you're not paying for your flight nor where right. you live because the person you're flying is doing that for you. But they don't know it because they don't fly. They're not talking to pilots. So being able sure. to talk to the district attorney, like we go down to the courthouse and talk to the judges and they explain, if you're good at reading, you can be a judge. They're like, huh? That's all we got to do? Right. Read, comprehend, and then apply what you've learned in school. You can be a judge too. But these conversations, we would never know that's all it took. Yeah, expo ex what you're speaking of is exposure. And right. I, again... You and I connect on that because I've said this repeatedly, that the importance or the lack of thereof or what we see in so much of the inner cities and communities of color is a lack of exposure. And if you don't see something, it's very hard for you to imagine it uh, and know it exists. And so the more exposure that we give, uh, the more opportunity that we are really uh, more inspiration we're putting in individuals to go out and seek after these different things. So, you know, I just have to say, look, once again, uh, it has been a huge honor to have you on today with us uh, on the podcast. We're, we're super excited to actually have you back because I'm going to have some follow-ups. Uh, I got some ideas I want to put into play with uh, Piney Grove and the Academy and being able to put these things into play. So once again, for those who joined us today, you were speaking and listening to uh, Alton Bolden over at the Piney Grove Boys Academy, the principal and proud partner with the Broward Sheriff's Office. Uh, I thank you for your time. Uh, and I always say, look, thank you all for joining us here at Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember, you can follow me at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double. It's me. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast uh, so that you can get alerts for every new episode. So stay safe, be humble, and love somebody a little bit more than you love yourself. Sheriff Tony signing off. <laughs>